Welcome to the Focus Church Podcast. Thank you for joining us today. We hope that it inspires you and gives you a fresh perspective. Enjoy the sermon. Praise God. Well, hey, if, you're, if you are new here, we would love for you to go to focus.church slash you and you can get connected. If you saw the baptism testimony and you were uh, somehow compelled to be baptized, you can go to twointhetank.com or you can just reach out in the comment section. Our team will be there to help you get connected and to get you scheduled for a water baptism. We've just had a powerful time in the presence of God on Wednesday nights and you've already heard about that, so I won't belabor the point, but... Today I have a word for you. If you have a a copy of God's Word, I suggest that you go ahead and grab it or open up a new tab. The good thing about this Bible is that it has no notifications. The battery never dies. It doesn't have to be charged, but it will charge you up. And so if you have maybe a coffee table Bible or a a physical Bible nearby, we're going to be all over the place today. Uh, New Testament and Old. I got a word that has a lot of scripture, and I believe in the truth that is founded on God's word. I believe that that God's word is the is really the the truth that we need to live by and the truth that we need to stand on. And so, if you have a physical copy of God's word today, we're going to be in First Samuel, the thirtieth chapter. First Samuel, the thirtieth chapter. First Samuel, the thirtieth chapter today. I was looking up the definition of the word recovery in the dictionary. Recovery, you know, we're 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 kind of we're kind of in the recovery phase. We're kind of in the in the up and up phase of this whole deal. At the time of this recording, we're currently at a at a we're starting to reopen some of the states in our country, and some of the some of the areas are starting to reopen. We're we're in recovery mode. We're we're in we're in the upswing again, and 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 to kind of get back to to where things were and, and better than ever before. And I looked up the definition of the word recovery, and it has two definitions. Number one is a return to a normal state of health, mind, or strength. Number one, the definition of recovery is a return to a normal state of health, mind, or strength. And number two is the action or process of regaining possession or control of something stolen or lost. Let me say that one more time for the people in the back in the comment section. The action or process of regaining possession or control of something stolen or lost. So you have a normal state of return of health, mind, and strength, or you have the action or process of regaining the possession or control of something that once belonged to you that was stolen or lost. One is for healing and one is to make you whole again. One is for healing and one is for wholeness. The one word has two definitions and my God is the God of both. We serve the God of recovery. We serve the God of recovery. And so I've titled today's message, I'm in recovery. I'm in recovery. Oh, I'm not embarrassed. I'm not ashamed about it. I came to preach to somebody today to let you know that something has been stolen from me. My faith has been shattered and broken, but I'm in recovery mode today. I don't know about you, but if you've ever been addicted and if you've ever been struggling, if you've ever been hurt, if something's ever been taken from you, I'm ready to preach. I haven't even read the verse yet. You are also in recovery. And I want to let you know that God's version of recovery is the best version of recovery you could ever experience. Why? Because God's version of recovery has the ability to redeem and restore everything that was ever taken from you. 1 Samuel chapter 30, 
1 Samuel chapter 30, beginning in verse 16. This is an uh, Egyptian slave that David and his men had found in the middle of the field, and he is showing them where the enemies are. He's showing them where the enemies are. And here's what he says. So he led David to them. They found the Amalekites spread across the fields, eating and drinking, not social distancing, and dancing with joy because the vast amount of plunder, which is items that they had stolen, they had taken from the Philistines and the land of Judah. David and his men rushed in among them and slaughtered them throughout the night and the entire next day until evening. None of the Amalekites escaped except 400 young men who fled on camels. David got back everything the Amalekites had taken, and he rescued his two wives. Now, I don't know your theology, but one wife is enough for me, okay? One wife is enough. But David, he went to rescue two of them. That's another sermon for another day, okay? One wife is enough for me. Uh, Nothing, verse 19, nothing was missing. Nothing was missing. Mm, That's a word for someone in this season. You think you're missing something. You think there's a hole in your soul. I want to let you know that when God brings recovery, nothing will be missing. Nothing was missing, small or great, son or daughter, nor anything else that had been taken. David brought everything back. He brought everything back. He also recovered all the flocks and herds, and his men drove them ahead of their livestock. This plunder belongs to David, they said. I'd like to preach to you for the next few moments. I'm in recovery. The four phases, the four phases of recovery, the four phases of recovery, because I believe that at the end of this season, at the end of our time together, that nothing will be missing. Nothing will be missing. Father, use your word over the next several moments that we share together. Help us understand what it means to be fully recovered. May we also not only be fully recovered ourselves, but may we be agents of recovery in Jesus' name. Help us become agents of recovery. Not only will we recover, be healed, and behold, but we will take recovery with us in Jesus' name. Amen. And amen. Give God some praise in the comment section for just a moment. I got the four phases of gratitude that I want to share with you this morning. The four phases. We've been talking about phases. Our government's been laying out a plan and a phase. Well, I got four phases for you. These are the phases for recovery. Phase number one is gratitude. Gratitude. Oh, I lost something. Why, why should I be thankful that I lost something? Well, at least you had something to lose. I thank God that I had something for them to steal from me. I thank God that at least I had something to lose. When my body is sick, I thank God that at least I had a body that it could be sick. Come on, somebody. And when my car gets stolen, at least I had a car that they could take. Come on, somebody. I I, I, want to live recovery with, with with an attitude of gratitude, thanking God that at least they had something to take from me because his blessings on my life are mine. And because I have him to thank him, I can thank him. Gratitude is the first phase to recovery. You can't recover unless you thank God for what was stolen from you to begin with. You have no appreciation of the things that God has given you unless you thank him for it. If someone steals something that you're not grateful for, then you'll have no passion or attitude to go back for it. You have to know what you had in order to know how to recover it. You don't go recover something that's not valuable to you. You'll only, you'll only recover that which is... If someone went into your trash can, 
when you put it out by the curb and they stole your trash, you wouldn't go try to recover that trash. Why would you not try to recover that trash? Because that trash is no longer valuable to you. You're not grateful for that trash. But if someone comes into your house and steals your jewelry, steals your possessions, then those things of value, you got to learn to thank God for the things you currently have so that when they're gone, you know exactly what's most important to you. Gratitude is the first phase of recovery. Thank you, God, for the body I have. It might have cancer right now. I might have a disease right now, but at least I'm able to pray. At least I'm able to thank you. At least I'm able to give gratitude to the King of Kings. Oh, thank God. Thank God for the car that was stolen because some some people are walking to work. Some people are taking an Uber to work. Some people are taking public transport. Thank God I had a car for them to steal. Thank God I had a child to get sick. Thank God. Thank God for that child. 1 Thessalonians 5, 16 through 18 says, Rejoice always. That's one verse. Next verse, pray continually. Second verse, the third one is give thanks in all circumstances for God, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. Rejoice always, even when they stole it from you. Pray continually, even when they took it from you. And give thanks in all circumstances, even when you can't see a way out. I came to declare somebody today, you should be saying thank you in the comment section. You should be saying gracias a Dios in the, in the comment section. You can even do it with your southern accent. Gracias a Dios. Gloria to Dios. Thank God. Thank God in all circumstances, for this is God's will. At least I had something for them to take. Some people have nothing for them to take. At least I have something for them to take. At least I have something that the devil could take. There's one thing that he can't take, and that's the joy of the Lord, because it is my strength. But if he tries to take anything around me, at least I'm grateful for those blessings. Gratitude. 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 Phase two is solitude. We don't like this one. This is what we're in right now. We're in solitude. We're in solitude. Luke 5, 15 and 16 says, But despite Jesus' instructions, the report of his, of his power spread even faster, and the vast crowds came to hear him preach and healed of their diseases. So you have healing and power in crowds. But then verse 16 says, But Jesus often withdrew to the wilderness for prayer. Why? Because vast crowds need to accompany large withdrawals. You need a solitude along with the crowds. You have to go be filled up in this season of recovery. You cannot just pour out. Sometimes I wonder if, if, if God has made this season in your life so that he can fill you with the right things and get out of you the wrong things. I wonder if this season of solitude is the very season that you needed in order for him to refill you with the right thing and Instead of, instead of just allowing you to continue to be filled with the wrong thing. And once you're filled with the right thing alone, you can then replenish, come back and replenish others. But until you replenish yourself, you cannot be an instrument of replenishment. That's why you need solitude, so that God, so that God could, could fill you up. Even Jesus. If Jesus needed solitude, how much more do we? The notifications have to be turned down. The screen time needs to go down and you need to sit and ask God, God, what is your will for my life? I dare you to take 10 minutes a day and just sit in the presence of God. I dare you to take 10 minutes a day and, and turn off the news and turn off the, the, the entertainment and turn off the movies just for 10 minutes and just sit and ask God, God, I am, I, I am yours and yours alone. 
what do you want to fill me with during this season because I need to recover. I need, I need to recover. If you need to recover today, gratitude followed by solitude is the way to do it. Some of you need time alone. Some of you have been around people for so long in your life that this is killing you. It's killing your emotions. But maybe it is the, this is the solitude that you needed. This is the solitude that you needed in order to see God accomplish His will for your life. I need solitude. That's why I love, to, I love to go in the woods and sit in a tree stand. Why? Because there's no noise. I can't make a noise. I'm not allowed to say anything. I'm not allowed to do anything. I love the golf course because when I, when I play golf, there, there's, there's no one else around me. No one knows who I am. Only the Lord. It's only time with the Lord. I walk five miles on that golf course. Why? Because it's solitude. And when I hear from the Lord, I can just, I can just hear from God clearly when I'm by myself. It's really hard to hear from the Lord when other voices are speaking to you. And if you're looking to recover, you need to have an attitude of gratitude. The next thing is solitude. The next phase is phase three, and that's attitude. You got gratitude, solitude, and attitude. The attitude in which you recover is key. Some people recover with a, well, maybe I'll recover, maybe I won't. You need an I will attitude. Let me read to you Mark 16, 17 through 18. This is the apex of the sermon in case you were wondering. It says, and these signs will follow. Not maybe, might, not, not sometimes, not maybe, possibly. Will follow those who believe. In my name, they will cast out demons. They will speak with new tongues. They will take up serpents. And if they drink anything deadly, it will by no means hurt them. They will lay hands on the sick and they will recover. I came to preach to someone today who's in the middle of a maybe. Oh, maybe God is good. Maybe God is good. You got to change your maybe to an I will. There are six I will statements in those two verses. Not it might, not it may be, but it will. I came to preach to someone today who's wondering if they'll ever recover. I want to let you know that you will recover and you will change your mind and you will change your heart and you will change your soul in order to understand that God's will for your life isn't a maybe. It's not a backup plan. It's not a plan B. It's not penciled in. It is written in blood, in permanent ink, and he will, he will be faithful to supply all of your needs according to his riches and glories. And you will, you will lay your hands on the sick and they will recover. I don't want to be at a church that's a maybe church. I want to be at a church that's an I will church, that the gates of hell will not, not might not, not maybe not, they will not prevail. Why? Because I don't want to live a life without the certainty of the foundational truth of God. God's word. I came to preach to someone today in the comment section that you will recover, that you will cast out demons, that you will be restored, that you will be redeemed, that you won't have to walk by yourself anymore, that you will find hope in Jesus, that you will find God's will. This is not a maybe. This is not a sometimes. This is an always, I will kind of God that we serve this morning. So I will attitude. I might is too open-ended. Maybe is too open-ended. You need to have the dexterity to say, I will. I will recover. I will by no means be hurt. I will speak in new tongues. I will cast out demons. And these signs will follow all of those 
that believe. I came to preach to someone today that needs an I will attitude. I will. I will get up and put some jeans on just to make sure they still fit. I, w- I will get on that treadmill that's collecting laundry in my house in Jesus' name. I will not buy those cookies that I love so much. And I will exercise even during this quarantine in Jesus' name. You got to have an I will attitude. You got to have an I will attitude. He's an I will God. He's an I will God. Phase, phase four. Phase four is this. is We got phase one is gratitude. Phase two is solitude. Phase three is attitude. And phase four is renewed. Renewed. He's not just going to bring you back to kind of how you used to be, but he makes all things new. You're going to be a new creation at the other end of your recovery. You're going to be someone new at the other side of this thing. You're not just going to be the old self. You're going to have a new self. Phase four is the, 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 the renewal process that comes through Jesus. Phase one is gratitude. Phase two is solitude. Phase three is attitude. And phase four is renewed. Here's what it says in Joel, Joel chapter two. I love Joel chapter two. And the verses following this verse a lot of times get a lot of credit. But this, the, these verses, Joel chapter 2, verses 25 through 27, this is what God's plan is for your life. Here's what it says as my voice cracks. The Lord says, I will give you back what you lost to the swarming locust, the hopping locust, the stripping locust. The cutting locust. It was I who sent this great destroying army against you. Once again, you will have the food that you want. And you will praise the Lord your God who does these miracles for you. Never again will my people be disgraced. Then you will know that I am among my people Israel, that I am the Lord your God, and there is no other. There is no option. There is no maybe that he is the Lord your God, and there is no other. Never again, never again. Will my people be disgraced? Never again. God is redeeming the years that the locusts have eaten, that the locusts have stolen. And he's not just redeeming them. He is renewing you in the process. He is confirming in your spirit that he is who he says he is, that he was who he says he was, and that he will do what he said he will do. It's not on your timeline. It is on his. And I came to preach to someone today that is doubting. God's ability to redeem the time. He can redeem what was lost and stolen from you. As a matter of fact, He will renew you in this season. I remember the early days of our church plan. I think it was in October or November. Our church started in a, in September. Our church started in September, and and uh, we had purchased all this equipment, and we were parking the trailer at an apartment complex where they would allow like boat storage and trailer storage and one day the electricity went out on the whole in the town of Apex and um, some criminal minds thought it would be appropriate to um, break into like several trailers because no one could no one was worried about their trailers when it was raining and storming and and uh, it wasn't just our trailer that got stolen um, but it was other trailers as well and it, it had everything. It had everything 
that we had as a church. I'm talking every TV that we used, because we were portable, we would set things up and tear things down. It had every speaker, every microphone. It had kids stuff in it. And they didn't even take all of it. They only took what they wanted. I just say take the whole trailer. They didn't just take the, the whole trailer. They took pieces. They took TVs. They took speakers. They took sound system. And we didn't know for several days till several days later because you don't think to check on the trailer every single day. And our guy was pulling it off before church, and he noticed that the, the, the doors were swinging open. And he thought how odd that the doors were swinging open on a Sunday morning as he was driving to the church. Come to find out, things had been stolen from us. And uh, they had taken these little baby TVs. We were using the cheapest TVs we could find, and I was, I was upset, man. I was like, the devil is a liar. We're going to go find them and get them, break them, break their kneecaps, you know, bust them up. Let's go, let's go, let's go recover these things that were stolen. Well, you guys know how this normally goes. You normally don't recover things that are stolen from you. But God has this incredible way to renew things that were taken from you. And it wasn't but two weeks later when we got a larger set of TVs, a better projector, a better sound system. And, and, and I don't say that I want things to be stolen just so God will give us. Don't, don't leave your car unlocked. And the doors open so that your car will be stolen because God will give you a Corvette. I'm not, that's, not what I, that's not my gospel today. What I'm telling you is that whatever has been taken from you that you, were, that you possessed, that you were grateful for, God has a way of renewing it, just like he renewed that sound system. And I want to let you know, this, this is what Martin Luther said. He had so much good, good, good things to say. This is one of the things he says. He says, I've held many things in my hand, and I have lost them all. But whatever I've placed in God's hands... That I still possess. Let me read it one more time. I have held many things in my hands, and I have lost them all. But whatever I have placed in God's hands, that I still possess. Romans 11, 11 says this. Did God's people stumble and fall beyond recovery? Of course not. <laughs> of course not. Can we just ask ourselves that question? Did God's people stumble and fall beyond recovery? Of course not. They were disobedient. I was disobedient. We were all disobedient in our sin. So God made salvation available to the Gentiles, which is you and me. But he wanted us to own, he wanted his own people to become jealous and claim it for themselves. Did God's people stumble and fall beyond recovery? Of course not. They did not fall beyond recovery. You are not too far gone. You are not too rebellious that God cannot rescue you. You haven't lived a life too surprising to God that he would stay away from you. As a matter of fact, his love for you is deeper than it's ever been before. And if you're watching this by accident, if you 
stumbled across this stream, I want to let you know that recovery is available for you. Whatever your sin is, whatever the distance is between you and God, whatever the issue is, you can recover because my word says, are God's people beyond recovery? Of course they're not. Salvation has been made available to the Gentiles. That's you and that's me. We are not, we were not a part of God's family, but now we can be even through our disobedience. He came to rescue us and to save us. And so today at the sound of my voice, at every, at every living room, at every dining room, in every master bedroom, in every place that's watching, I want to let you know that salvation is available for you. If you want to be saved right now, I want you to text the number on the screen, saved. Just text the number right now that's on the screen, saved right now. Put it in the comment section, saved. If you want to believe that God can redeem you and restore you, if you need recovery in your soul, if you don't know Jesus today, just put it in the comment section, saved, saved, saved saved. Just write it right now. Saved. I want to be saved. I want to be saved. This is for anyone that's looking to, to, to experience salvation. That is for the Gentiles. That is for those who are far from God. It's what we've experienced. A lot of us here that are joining in have already experienced this saving grace. You could text save to 919-335-5171. You could write it in the comment section, whatever is easiest for you if you want to remain anonymous. Some of you are believers and you're struggling right now. You're going through a hard time. And in this hard time, I want you to know that God will allow you to recover. He will give you the ability to recover. He wants you to recover. He wants to restore you. He wants to renew you. Even those of you that do follow God already, you feel like there's something missing. It says that David brought back everything, big and small, every son, every daughter. And I just want to pray a prayer of blessing as I close that God would restore, that God would redeem, that you would have gratitude, that you might have to go through a season of solitude, but that would change your attitude, and then you would be renewed in Jesus' name. Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you for how powerful it is despite not despite not being able to be together in the same room, it is still powerful. It is still piercing the hearts of those that are listening and those that are watching. And I just pray for my brothers and sisters right now from all around the world. I just pray that you would go wherever they are and meet them where they are and refill that which feels empty right now in Jesus' name. I pray a prayer of blessing over my church family that I miss so much. I, I pray that you would bless them, Lord. I pray that you would keep their eyes on the hills where their help comes from their helper is the maker of heaven and earth he does not slumber he does not sleep he loves you very much and i just pray a prayer of blessing over you i miss you dearly and i just pray that god would go with you he is for you i love you very much i can't wait to to be together again but until then i just believe that the power and presence of god is not limited by these four walls but instead it can meet you where you are. If you're ready to be baptized, you can just put it in the comment section and someone will reach out to you. If you're ready to be saved, you can just put saved in the comment section. And I can't wait to be with you again. You can always give online at givetofocus.com. You know that. And I just can't wait to be with you again. God bless. See you very soon. Thanks again for joining us. And thank you to those who give generously to make this ministry possible. 
You can click the link in our description to give now or visit www.givetofocus.com. If you enjoyed the podcast, you can subscribe, share it with your friends, and while you're at it, take a screenshot and share it on your social stories and tag us at My Focus Church. We'd love to hear how God is speaking to you.